If you have a Bible, you can meet me in John chapter 7. John chapter 7. And while you're turning there, I want to read a quote to you from one of my favorites, from St. Augustine and his commentary on John's gospel, his commentary on this particular spot. He opens by pointing out something Really important for us. He said this and it'll be on the screen for you so that you can follow along. He said, but remember this. And here's a key phrase. Do not let it slip from your hearts. Maybe you're like me. As soon as I read that, I felt that that there are so many things in this life that can get in the way and cause Jesus to slip from the heart. Here it is that Christ became man In such a manner that he ceased not to be God. While remaining God, he who made man took manhood. And what's the point of that? For Christ is not simply in the head. He's not just a theory. And not in the body. But Christ whole. All of Jesus. The whole thing is the head and The body and what we mean by that is that Jesus is the whole thing. Jesus is the point. He's the vision. He was and is God in the flesh. When you want to see Jesus, when you want to see God, rather, you look at the son. We have the father, the son and the spirit making up the holy trinity. And Jesus is God in the flesh. One of the sticking points for the Jews 2000 years ago And one of the sticking points for our own secular world today is the supposed dichotomy between what Jesus said and what Jesus did. Many people then and now are fine with Jesus healing people. We're good with the magic. We're not cool with what you said. This is what people in the first century Israel struggled with. And it's also what our own secular humanity struggles with. Accepting the assertion that Jesus is God. Because if Jesus is really God, then we have to adjust our behavior, don't we? And that's always the rub. If Jesus is true, right? Because of his own word, he said, I am The way, the truth, and the life. And so if that's true, and even I recognize using the word true as a trigger for today. If that's true, there are implications that come along with our lives. Hence the rub. So let's not point too many fingers, though, at the world around us. Right. What's the joke? Jerome pulled this joke on me. This week, he said, I've got one finger pointing at you, but there's four pointing back at me. Right. That's true for us, because I think about this. How many of us am I daily? Listen to me daily picking up my cross and following Jesus. It's so very easy to let that slip away from my heart, as Augustine pointed out. And so to further the point. As we enter chapter seven, Jesus's own family didn't get it. Look at look at what happens in the first few verses of John chapter seven here. As we continue, he said it said the Bible says this after this, Jesus went around in Galilee. He did not want to go about in Judea because the Jewish leaders there were looking for a way to kill him. 
But when the Jewish festival of tabernacles, more on that in a minute, was near, Jesus said to him, Jesus brothers. So his family comes to him and says, leave Galilee and go to Judea so that your disciples there may see the works you do. Listen to this. This is a key point in what they're counseling him. No one who wants to become a public figure acts in secret. Now, we could we could park there for a minute in our culture, couldn't we? No one who wants to be a public figure does anything in secret. We know. But look at this. Since you are doing these things, show yourself to the world. But here's the key detail. Verse five for even his own brothers did not believe in him. You know, they're giving him worldly counsel here. They didn't believe in him. And here, here's the thing. And maybe you're in this category today and that's okay. We're glad you're here or listening online. His brothers could not understand why you could do magic and not monetize it. If you are able to do these things, why would you not take that to YouTube if I was to bring it into today's world? Why wouldn't you get famous on purpose and use that, Jesus? And I want you to look at his response in verse six. Therefore, Jesus told them, my time is not yet here. My time is not yet here for any for you. Any time will do. The world cannot hate you, but it hates me because I testify that its works are evil. The rub. You go to the festival. I'm not going up to this festival yet. Because my time has not yet fully come. Verse 9, after he said this, he stayed in Galilee. However, after his brothers had gone and left for the festival, he went also, not publicly, but in secret. Listen, in verse 10, Jesus doesn't go up to the feast at the beginning. He waits to the middle of the feast to go up in private. And there's a there's a, a principle here that's important for us as we go. It's not going to be where we camp, but it's important for you nonetheless. It's important for me. Planted seeds birth fruit. In other words, planted seeds go to die before they birth fruit. Such an important part of our faith that what went into the ground, come on somebody, would take three days to come out of the ground. Are you picking up what I'm laying down? All right. Our whole faith is wrapped up in the fact that Jesus died on a cross and was put into the ground dead. But that death couldn't hold him. That the resurrection came three days later. And so incredibly important that even as Jesus steps into this festival in secret, he's doing it in congruence with his character. So Jesus was going to take an altogether different path to glory, right? They were they could not understand. Why would you not take the glory? In fact, Jesus would walk through humility to glory. Jesus was the Passover lamb that they were celebrating and looking for. Augustine helps us here as we think through the Feast of Tabernacles again. Here's what he says about that particular festival. He said, Jews used to, on that holy day, make tabernacles in likeness of the tabernacles in which they dwelt while they sojourned in the wilderness, right? In Exodus when they left and then they would worship God in the tabernacle and his presence was in the tabernacle. And so they would remember that and celebrate what he had done in leading them out of Egypt. This was a holy day, a great solemnity. The Jews were celebrating this, listen to this, as being mindful of the Lord's benefits 
dot, 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 those who were about to kill the Lord. Such an important thing, right? Is it, is it, it's not lost on us that it was the very people who wanted to kill the Lord that were celebrating the Lord. Right? A double-minded people, right? James tells us that we ought to be careful not to be a double-minded people. Tossed about by everything happening in the world around us, but to be rooted and built up in our faith. And so here we are, the confusion in verse 11. Now at the festival, the Jewish leaders were watching for Jesus and said, where is he? Right. They, too, didn't understand how could somebody who can do that. Right. They had just watched him heal a man at the pool of Bethesda. That's going to come up here in a second. They had watched him feed 5000 people with a little lunch. They heard rumors and rumblings that he walked on water. Where is he? And so among the crowds, verse 12, there was a widespread whispering about him. Some said he's a good man. Others replied, no, he deceives the people. But no one would say anything publicly about him for fear of the leaders. Not until halfway through the festival did Jesus go up to the temple courts and begin to teach. The Jews there were amazed and asked, how did this man get such learning without having been, having been taught? So the people are struggling to reconcile these clear acts of Jesus that prove his power, prior miracles, along with this new kind of authoritative teaching. They're struggling to reconcile this, and the communication from the religious leaders is that he's bad, that he's false. So, it leads to the question for them, and it leads to the question for us, and I want to ask it. And I want you to wrestle with it. Listen to, listen to the question. Who is Jesus? And how on earth could he know what he knows and teach how he teaches? And the same question is true for you. And maybe you sit here today and you would wrestle and say, I, I'm confused too. Because listen, we, we don't have to ignore the fact that there's so much noise in the world. Right? Which political party should I be a part of? Which religion should I be a part of? Should I not even be a part of religion? What school should I send my kids to? What are they going to teach my kids when they go to school? Should I homeschool? Like, that's just a feel at the top of my head, right? How about those of you who went to college this past year in a secular university and the, and we could just go on and on and on. Who's right? Who's right? It's a question of authority and you can guess just like I can and even live just like I can to struggle with authority. Authority issues are very real. But it's because of where he claims this teaching comes from that Jesus was claiming to now have authority. And I want you to see it as you wrestle with your own thoughts. Look at verse 16. Jesus answered, my teaching is not my own. It comes from the one who sent me. Anyone, here, here, here we go, anyone who chooses to do the will of God will find out whether my teaching comes from God or whether I speak on my own. Whoever speaks on their own does so to gain personal glory. Can we just pause? I think that's what, that's a lot of maybe your Past experience in the church 
And maybe even some of you and some of us have had this conversation that, man, what doesn't sit totally right in the culture of the Capital C Church today is that there's a lot of glory seeking. It's a lot of glory seeking, a lot of, hey, how big can we build this thing? How awesome can we make Mitch? (laughs) Who cares, man? I ain't got time for that. You certainly don't got time for that, right? But if we're careful, we can start to say things like every face has a number. Every number has a name. Every number has a face. And we can spiritualize something that really was just for me. To feel really great about myself. And that's what Jesus is saying. That the people that are teaching you have to be filtered through this idea of what what kind of glory is being touted. What are we after as a community of God's people? What are we receiving? Really great tips and tricks from me? You're in big trouble. No, no, no. I'm I'm up here to receive the same thing that you are. We gather to receive from God. We gather to receive from God. And in fact... People that stand in my shoes, the Bible is really clear that there's actually a greater judgment to come for me who stands and opens God's word. This isn't just a desirable platform. So Jesus is is teaching these people that in all of the confusion around them that's been created by religious leaders of the day that there is a way for you to know the truth and for the truth, as he says later, to set you free. Anyone who chooses to do my will, the will of God, will find out whether my teaching comes from God or whether I speak on my own. Because if the one speaking is there for their own glory, but he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is a man of truth. There's nothing false about him. Look at the look at what's following here. He seeks not his own glory as he was counseled earlier, right? His brothers could not wrap their head around why he could do the things he was doing and teach the things he was teaching and not use it for his own glory. But Jesus says, no, 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 like none of that matters. The only thing I'm here for is the glory of the father who is what? True. What is true in this life? Authority is born out of the truth. This is why we struggle so much with authority today. Because we can't figure out what's true. This has loads of implications for you tomorrow. Like when you step back into the secular world, what is true? What is the truth? What can I trust? Look at how he goes in verse 19 and he begins to zero in on what we actually struggle with when it comes to what is true. Oftentimes what is true is difficult, right? Often what is true is difficult. It's not easy to pick up your cross daily and follow Jesus, is it? It's not easy to accept the path that he's given you. You may not always understand exactly what he's doing in your life. Is he still trustworthy? Is he still trustworthy? 
Look at, look at verse 19. Has not Moses given you the law? Look at this. Yet not one of you keeps the law. Who are you, who, who, why are you trying to kill me? And they're offended by that, of course. I said, you're a demon-possessed person. Who is trying to kill you? They didn't even understand that the Jewish leaders were trying to kill him. They were still caught up in the miracles. They were caught up in the magic. They were caught up in the fun. Jesus said to them, I did one miracle and you all are amazed. Yet because Moses gave you circumcision, though actually it did not come from Moses, but from the patriarchs, you circumcise a boy on the Sabbath. Now, if a boy can be circumcised on the Sabbath, which was a picture of the boy being uh, perfected, it was a picture of Christ, it was a picture of Christ coming to you and making you right with him, it was a picture of that. Jesus said, I did one miracle, you're amazed. Now, if a boy can be circumcised on the Sabbath so that the law of Moses may not be broken, why are you angry with me for healing a whole man's body on the Sabbath? Stop judging by mere appearances, but instead judge correctly. See, we use that a lot too. Don't judge me. (laughs) It's actually telling you to judge. (laughs) It's just telling you to judge correctly. Right? It's not don't judge me. It's don't judge me incorrectly. How do we judge people? That they're just like me. A sinner in need of a savior. And outside of Jesus coming to earth as a man... And being the way, the truth, and the life. And no one could get to the Father except through Him. We're all on the same playing field. Not one of us is better than another. doesn't matter what you struggle with, what in your past, present, or future. That's why regen is such a big deal. Right? Because the truth is, every one of you, me, we all have hurts, habits, and hang-ups. Scott shared his today. The question is, will you share yours? We all have one. We all need a program. We all need discipleship. We all need regeneration. (laughs) We sing it right every week. We sing it. We sang it right after that. That he's come and he's redeeming his people. It's a big deal. Listen, they had the law, but they couldn't see Christ in the law. See, the law was just a mirror. Paul tells us this in Romans. It's just a mirror that holds up in front of you so that you get a really clear picture that you don't have everything put together. And neither do I. We're all messed up. We're all guilty as they were of not living what we advertise. So we've joked the past few weeks that Jesus has a PR problem, right? Who's the PR problem? We are, right? Not just us, but but us, right? Because we're selfish too. I am. And so he's challenging their reasoning. He's challenging our reasoning. He's asking us to, to maybe untwist some things that we've been taught or believed that have been distorted. And to really come back to Jesus. The people were wondering the same thing. What does... Jesus healing a man on the Sabbath have to do with me. They thought it was just a great show. And they go on and in verse 25 and they ask at that point, some of the people of Jerusalem began to ask, isn't this the man they're trying to kill? Here he is speaking publicly and they're not saying a word. They're starting to wise up to the incongruence of what their leaders were telling them. 
But we know. We know where this man is from. When the Messiah comes, no one will know where he is from. Then Jesus, still teaching in the temple courts, cried out. Listen to this. Yes, you know me and you know where I am from. I'm not here on my own authority, but he who sent me is true. You do not know him, but I know him because I am from him and he sent me. So what's he saying? What is it? What does all that have to do with you? What does all that have to do with you? All this to say there's so much confusion about Christianity and about Jesus and about spirituality. And our secular world says there's no use for religion, no use for God. Absolute truth is a false thing. But then there's something in all of us that I believe knows that that isn't quite true. Romans tells us that buried within every single one of our hearts is the knowledge that there is a God. Other theologians have said there's a God-shaped hole in every human heart. And all I'm asking you to do today is to peer into that hole. You see, it doesn't matter if you've been following Jesus for 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, or 30 minutes, or maybe you're not. Following Jesus. Listen, we we began where we started with Augustine. Jesus took on flesh and came to earth. And that's the whole deal. And what Jesus was telling these people is what he's telling us. Look at Jesus and you can see God. Look at Jesus and you can know what is true. We began talking about what Jesus said and what Jesus did And so many of us are fine with what Jesus did, but we're not so sure we're fine with what he said. Friends, it's not it's not the fact that our church has authority in your life, but it is that Jesus has authority in your life because he's true. So what I want to do to end our time today is invite you to look into that hole. What is true? Listen, I'm not naive enough to think that every one of you come here every week sitting here with all your questions answered. That's not real. We all have questions. We all don't quite understand things. And even if we know that Jesus is real and Jesus is true, there's bound to be some things you don't understand. There's bound to be some things that on Tuesday at work, you're going to have a hard time sharing. We all have it. And I just want you to know that Jesus isn't afraid of your questions. Right? He's not afraid of questions. It, he, he walked into that festival in the middle of the week when people wanted to kill him. And he stood up and started to speak the truth. Why? Let's put the rest of John back together. Why would Jesus, knowing he was going to be killed, walk straight into the temple and teach? They asked that question. We already studied it in John. For God so loved the world. That he gave his only son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have eternal life. Most of us only think about that from an eternal perspective. But everlasting life doesn't have just eternal implications, it has present implications. And it's not just rules and regulations. It's love and joy 
and peace and patience and kindness and goodness. It's the fruit of the Spirit because it's not something we conjure up. It's something he brings to us and he plants that seed. And what the scripture says is that we die and he is birthed and lives through us. Amen. That's what we want. First Peter 2, 9 tells us that he's building this spiritual house and that we're that house. But it says that we do it because, man, because out of we have a God who called us out of darkness and into what? Marvelous light. Listen, I don't know about you, but not every day feels like marvelous light. But can I just tell you that it's not because the marvelous light has moved? It's because we are prone to wander. Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. It's an old hymn. But the Bible says that God is faithful. That his mercies are new every single morning. Great is his faithfulness. Not your faithfulness. And so what we do is we taste and see that the Lord is good. And we respond to that. And when we are with him, the Bible says we will bear much fruit. So we turn our vision to him. We get it off of us. And we receive what he has for us, which is himself. Amen. So I want to give you the opportunity to do that. I'm going to ask Kevin and the team to come back up. They're going to sing that song, King of My Heart, again. Because that's the issue, isn't it? That is the issue. Is the Lord, is Jesus really the king of my heart? Can I answer it for you? In certain pockets of your heart, he's not. In certain parts of my heart, he's not yet king. He's not yet Lord. And so what I want to encourage you to do is peer into the peer into the peer into the hole. Where is God meeting you today through the power of his word? Where are you confused? Take it to the Lord. Where do you not understand? Take it to the Lord. Where do you understand and not want to follow? <laughs> Take it to the Lord. Listen, praying is is how we commune with the Lord. It's how we go into his presence. And so why don't you stand with me? The band's going to play. They're going to sing this song over you. Feel free to sing it if that's what you need today. But also feel free to just bow your head and talk to him. If we can serve you in any way, Jerome's at the back. I'll be at the front. We'd love to pray with you. We'd love to talk with you about whatever you need. We're here for you. We love you. We're excited about what God's doing at Redeemer City Church. But it begins in this place with our heart. It begins with understanding that not everything you can see is all that there is. So let me pray. And then we're going to sing this together. And you do business with the Lord as you need to. God, thanks for the chance to be here today. Thank you for every single person that's seated in a pew here today. That's watching online. That's serving out in Redeemer Kids. God, you're good. You're faithful. We are not alone. You are with us. And I believe, Holy Spirit, that you're speaking to our hearts right now. God, I pray that you would give every single person the courage 
to step into what you're calling them to. Whether that's to sign up for Regen, whether that's to forgive someone, whether that's to repent of sin, whether that's to whatever. Holy Spirit, would you fill in the blank for each one of us? We love you. Jesus, we're thankful that you became man and that you weren't just a theory, but that you are our all in all. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen.